thing about Tedge is that like I try I actually try really hard to avoid ever talking about him. Yeah. I'd love to say I'd like to say it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to give these people attention or whatever, but it's not really that because I think that all of that is just kind of like I think it's sort of horse shit because it's like people are going to give him attention. So if people are going to give him attention, then might as well be funny. Yeah, you might as well be funny about it or critical about it or whatever. But uh, mainly the reason why I try not to give him attention is because he's like Bloody Mary. And if you say his name three times, he appears in front of you and haunts you forever. Um, uh, actually, I shouldn't have said three times. It really only takes once. Um, but it's also really funny that the first time we interacted with him resulted in like him blocking all of us i know so yeah for that bizarre jd wife tweet uh the jd wife tweet. Uh, the jd wife tweet was so good the 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 decision to be like someone was mean to me on the internet so i'm gonna get my wife involved yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so It'll take me a moment to find the find the timestamp here, but I do oh, good. have oh, good. Uh, so it's two call-ins to I believe the people show. Yeah, the people show, which I have to say, honestly, I think might be the most offensive thing about all of this. Because <laughs> I mean, if anyone is the people show, <laughs> like, it's us. Come on, <laughs> right? <laughs> the people's copyright show. Yeah, is what they have. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if this fits in anywhere, but yeah, God, no like the only the only image of the banner that I saw until, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the only image I saw of Uncle Elite's banner, which I wish we like tried to play a role in, but well, it was what, fine. Honestly. No, I'm glad that we completely stayed above it. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I am, guess I am too. Yeah. And we'll I guess how high that banner flies, and we're even higher than that. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> talk we'll talk about that on on the show because I do want to get into the banner a little bit. But I guess I'm surprised. Like I'm surprised something like that happened. I and we too. weren't involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it and seems like something ultimately we would do. the right <laughs> move to not, but um, but I was gonna say the only photo was the one that Pooley posted, and it was like l- looking up at it, obviously, and the sun was right next to it, and it would be so funny if he was like <laughs> staring directly at the sun, <laughs> and then he like fucked up his cataracts. And so that the guy carrying water for the eye doctor. <laughs> I saw your tweet about that from the Roxy Fever account yeah. and was no idea what you were talking yeah, there's about. The, yeah, I realized there was no context for that. And so that's why I had to tell it on here. Yeah, that's good. No, no, that's good. Okay. I think I found the clip. Uh, All right, here Tej we go. Tej wants to respond. Tej, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, boy? Oh, you know. I was wondering you know, how long uh-oh. it would take you to call. There's like you a know, counter I, I right got, away. The counter is coming. I got I got about 50 emergency calls for eye exams today because people couldn't see what the hell was in the sky. People thought it was higher bending or or fire elite. I don't know what it was. I, did you guys even look at the window? I looked outside. Great bits. Saw, like, Nobody would have thought it was, was it like fire a, elite. Like a little... Like it felt like a like a, a plane in the sky. I couldn't read anything out there. How about you guys? Did you actually look outside and see anything with your own eyes? Could you read anything out there? Uh, I, I'm in the bunker of the radio studio. I didn't see it. Did you have your own show? Like the point is, I respect the passion of all Canucks fans. Everybody, no. citation needed. You don't <laughs> on both sides of the tree. <laughs> obviously, Jim Benning came into a tough situation here. Should have come in with the poem. Means 
who nobody was going to All right, Tej, we got to go to break. We can't do it. We can't do the seven years of the Canucks. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, I mean, that's like every day. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to have that conversation every day on the show. Okay? Day we one. We can't. We can't do, we can't do the, the story began on day one. But, anyway. On the large cast, by all means. But we got we to gotta hit the break here. Uh, I'm Tej, so yeah. curious right. if he actually has spoken collegially with these guys before. He seems like the type of guy who 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 is there trying to pretend that he's friends with them. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know though, but it reminds me a little bit of like. Also, he's trying to be funny, and nothing there was funny. Yeah, I know. Absolutely was like, not. But absolutely, somebody trying to not be funny on purpose. The 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 part where I I I don't know their voices, uh, so either either Riccio or Riccio. I don't know who it was, but. Um, where he was just like, all right, we can't go through the last seven years. <laughs> that was sad, I think. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, yeah, it probably was sad. Because uh, Sat's the one from the next clip. But uh, the the thing that it reminds me of is I was, uh, I've been reading Our Band Could Be Your Life recently, which is like a book about all the sort of like hardcore, like alternative punk uh, or, or alternative rock, like punk bands in the 80s or whatever, all the seminal ones, all the like people who started DIY scenes or whatever. And there's a... Um, a story about how like basically um, Henry Rollins just followed Black Flag around until they let him be in the band because they needed a lead singer. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of what this reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but um, like, buddy, uh, you already get to have a show Saturdays. The, yeah, that's the that's the thing that is like the funniest thing to me is like uh, it, it would be like, I don't know. I mean, obviously this has never happened, but it would be like Blake Price just calling in to the radio station and being like, "Here's what I think, fellas." <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, that that was uh, that was that was a lot of pick me energy. Absolutely, um, yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Let's find it here. So this one is uh, even better. He, by the way, he should have. If anything, man, he should have just plugged. He should have plugged the business. <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he set himself up for it. Yeah, he set himself. He was so close. He just never closed it. That is one thing that I will give them, and particularly him, is that like they clearly really wanted a show. You know what I mean? Like they uh, don't let your dreams be dreams. Like because (laughs) they could have turned this into like a cynical. Like I do not believe they are trying to make money off of yeah like i believe no they genuinely think that like the media is out to get their boys and they have to protect them and it's uh it's totally wrong and it's insane but it is like i I do have to give them credit they they are not profiteers (laughs) they are yeah like i I know people have like made jokes about like tej being an eye doctor and then clearly having that contract or whatever yeah yeah totally like Mm. that is like and as someone who's repeated this joke, like that is an insane connection and it is not a real thing. Oh, no, at all. no, no, no. It's just, it's just a thing that is like mildly amusing. Well, yeah. And, and it's just, it's just a good, like comeback to like, everybody has an agenda and it's like, well, right. yes. if this is an agenda, then your like optometry business, having the contract could be seen as an agenda too. Like, yeah. Which is, and it, it's like, it's, it's more to me, like just uh illustrative of how like, everybody has an agenda so like you can't be the guy who's like not me i'm not biased you know 
I'm going to play the second clip before sure. we get going, before we are, we spend 20 minutes on the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> Torgi, instead of girls, 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 it's Earl, Earl, Earl. Okay. I, the... I don't remember what the context for this is. Yeah. His call's coming up. Oh, why am I Clear. blanking on the name of that band? Oh, I'm not sure who that is. Motley Crue. There Motley we go. Crue, yes. There we go. Yes, yes, I almost yes. forgot. Pause for, pause really quickly. Zeros. I saw somebody wearing a Notley Crue shirt. Yeah. Oh no! Street Village. No, jogging. I wanted to kick his ass. <laughs> right. I got so mad. Okay, that's so funny. Six fifty. Let's go back to the phone boards. We have Tej on the line. TJ, is that TJ Larshkas? TJ, is that you? That is me. And uh, first off, I'm just gonna give a fair warning. I'm a bit rowdy tonight, as you know. Big win, big win. Earl. Oh yeah, cat. this is uh, post the okay. first win. Back, mm. I think, I, I believe. Yeah. It could have been the second, but I believe it's the first. Gotcha. Champion. Earl, he deserves a statue next to Roger Nielsen. But all of the people in this mm. that still believed in the Canucks and never gave up hope deserve little mini ch- statues right next to Earl because the fact of the matter is, this team, I mean, after watching them in the bubble last year, how could anybody give up on them? All the time since the bubble. Hey, let, me ask, let me ask you a question. The collective will and the heart and spirit of this core. How? Well, let me ask. But let me. No, no, no. Let me ask you one question. No, no, no. T- no, it's all good, buddy. Hold on to the line. I get it. Listen, you can call people out. But I remember seeing you be critical of the team earlier this season as well, man. Yeah, you were talking right? about. You were. Night. Listen, we, we've, we've all been critical. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The one night you were talking about the one night. But I'm saying, but still. We're talking about the one night they won also. What do you mean? But no, 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 no. Hold on, Tej. Hold on a second. Hold on a sec. All I'm saying is, if you're gonna call in and say. I believed all along. You can't have a moment of not believing. You can't dunk on people and tell them, I knew all along when you also have moment of weakness. Hold on, Seth. You absolutely can. If you jokingly turn your name into Dr. Bitter for the night. For the night. What does for the night mean? I'm just imagining, I'm sorry, I'm imagining an alternate reality where I'm calling into the radio being like, my Twitter name is Marjorie Travis Green and... (laughs) Let me explain to you what that means. You know, I just, uh, before I change it to Sheldon Surrey, I just thought I would explain this <laughs> to you. You're an intelligent guy. What does for the night mean? It means you're having some fun for the night. Does that mean for it reflects your entire personality and how you This believe? isn't Vegas. No, it doesn't. And what I'll, all I want to say before I go, two things. Brandon Sutter, first of all, when he scored that goal, it was more than just the game. It was bigger than the game. Oh, this or guy is my that, evil I mean, He twin. might have been the, the connect that went through the hardest time with COVID and the variant. And, you know, that just hit me in a different place. Like, I, I felt so happy for him and his family. And the other thing I want to say is, Braden, hopefully, you know, for everybody who ever gave up on this guy, you don't win a Stanley Cup. You don't win a Vezina Trophy by being bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's... Moment, sure. But Braden, hopefully, is showing this entire city, don't give up. And not All just right. on him, but on the team. I All right, thank, thank I you. Know what? He's right. I would love to watch the game with Tej. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I would. I think it would be a lot of fun. Tej, if you have tickets, <laughs> hit us up, comes, baby. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go, go to a we'll hockey go to game with, with, with I'll Tej. I'll buy you a couple care. beers. Yeah, that's like yeah, a sure. price of the ticket, anyways. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh also a little I, fired up. Oh, here we go. He oh, had a moment oh, of okay. being Dr. Bitter. Dr. Bitter. One night. One, one night. night. Only one night. It explains it away. Only one. Oh night. no, no. This is I was just kidding. I I, I love the you know the the, the rationale. <laughs> you just make it work to your narrative. It's like, yeah, I was I was just hey, kidding. It was only one night. I was one night. I was just joking. Yeah. I was very clear. Yeah. I wasn't frustrated or anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of reaction in our Dunbar Lumber text inbox. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so That's I don't know. Great. I just thought it was I, I, there's just so I couldn't not play this on the show because it's just such a like I feel like that is just the type of guy that this show is about. You know what I mean? Just For like that, yeah. the energy in that, like, I can't wait until Saturday or whatever it is to just to, to for my takes on the radio i have to call in to my own the, <laughs> the radio station that i already have a show on um on top of the podcast i already have and so do you guys know <laughs> yeah. that trope about like the trope about how the reason why like not i don't just mean like generally reactionary comedians of which there are like dozens that are that are very funny like yeah it's yeah fuck most comedians are, are reactionaries um probably most male comedians most yeah. male comedians yes thank you yeah um most white male comedians even i would say um to make it even more uh but and but a lot of them are funny but the ones that are that like front load the conservative ideology that are like conservative comedians capital c right um how the reason why they're not funny is because they just get mad halfway through making a joke. Yep. I'm just thinking about that right now. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I was going to bring up, and I don't know if, if it's yeah, better okay. to bring it up with that uh, PJ, but the, uh, the oh, whole, yeah. like the Lars Scheiders. I hate that the concept of ultras, which is such a cool idea for mm-hmm. in, in the soccer world, even for tiny teams of yes. uh, just, a way for the fans to get rabid like don't be violent but like just have a good time with the game stand up and like i loved going to uh a white caps game and hanging out with the south siders like standing up during the yeah. game and drinking it god it was it was one of the best sports experiences in vancouver i've had um and i just hate that <laughs> the canucks version of ultras turned out to be a group that comes out against putting up banners that just says to fire the GM. Yeah, totally. Like it's such yeah. a babyfied version. Not, Absolutely. Not in the bimblefied version, but like the baby, babyfied <laughs> yes. version of ultras. It's just like <clears throat> ultras in Europe are are like the wildcat, are like unions who constantly go on wildcat strikes. <laughs> against yeah. the team. i don't know how else to yeah. describe it but no absolutely uh, i would agree with that it's yeah. so much fun to just have like a militant stakeholder involved um to hold the team accountable yeah absolutely uh, yeah yeah it's also cool a bunch of the clubs in germany have like 50 plus one stakes owned by the fans yeah that yeah. rocks that's so yeah, cool. we gotta we gotta find somebody to talk soccer What's oh yeah called? i would love, love to do that baron munich couldn't join the european super league or whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right uh should we start the show like for real sure (laughs) okay yeah all right folks welcome to another episode of roxy fever the people's show i'm your host jackson (laughs) mcdonald with me as always sadiar el sadiar shah uh it is the evening of friday april 23rd uh it's been a while since we last 423 somewhere that's right um listeners Oh, this reminds me of uh, this reminds me. Of, I was watching. Uh, I think you should leave the other night. I my favorite, my favorite fucking show of the last five years. Well, I think I know why it's your favorite show, Vias, because I realized what the dynamic of our show is, and it's the sketch where 
the band is in the recording studio <laughs> singing the gospel song. And then the producer goes, no, 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 no. Kids want originals. And so the guy starts singing, you know, like the night David something shot me down. No. And, and that's me. Yeah. And then the bass player. And goes, that's when it the- was also the night the skeletons came to life. <laughs> and that's you. And uh, Elliot is just the drummer trying to be like, I don't know what either of these guys are doing. <laughs> um it is definitely my favorite skit in that show. Yeah, it's my favorite too. It's it's hard for me to choose. I, I really like the Turbo Team with the fart toilet. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the hot dog uh, cart sketches. Hot dog yeah. cart, it's so good. I uh, no, no yeah, that one a lot. Every- also, the Moody Riverdale show that keeps getting interrupted by the t-shirt, <laughs> no, yeah. T Tuggers t-shirts or whatever. Like if that's you, also good. Yeah. Fuck? If you if you like, I think you should leave. Um, and I hear they're coming out the second season. I've been oh, waiting yeah, desperately for that. But the Charters, uh, oh, was the show that the two guys did yeah. before, and it's a bit oh, more okay. sitcom like. Um, like they do, they do uh, sketches in there, but it's sure. a bit more sitcom. Okay. Uh, two buddies who run an ad agency in Detroit. Oh, there's nice. a lot of like revitalized, like uh, jokingly revitalized Detroit. Like these two guys are pretty proud to be where they're from. And right, but it's like it's a great setting. Uh, and yeah, I there's love a the lot. Sound there's a lot of I people from. It. I think you should leave on there too. Um, I was just gonna say, uh, basically every night after we after we're done recording vias goes wow i thought that went really well and i just go you talked about how the bones were their money like five <laughs> times also shout outs to the vladimir croutons the nhl 21 <laughs> eashl drop-in team that oh, started so playing good. last night riley's the man Dude, how, is, how is vladimir crouton not your i came i came up with the with the name I, oh that's so good well I, I have a reason why i don't think i could use it as my name uh yeah, fair. i haven't announced it but like or to you guys but mm-hmm. i got a job hell yeah yeah that rocks. uh it's it's uh it's perfect for what i was looking for um it does mean that <clears throat> i mean there will be a lot of like fighting with the government in it and so i don't necessarily like have to not rip on the bcmdp in there but like sure yeah uh, we might, might talk about certain other things instead. I might talk about different things that's fair. <laughs> a little yeah. bit, but uh, uh, but yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I, I'm very happy. Great. And uh, I just want to add, if any of our listeners want to get me a job uh, mm-hmm. or just give me money, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's that's cool. Uh, Definitely it, do it. It would be cool also if I could get a job for this show. <laughs> Doing I don't that's know. Okay. What. The- this this, this is did, uh, that was not from the show. The show did not no, get me the job. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I not like I, the last time. Yeah, not like last time. Okay, so, anyways, uh, it's actually it's been a while since we've recorded together, uh, and in a way, a lot has happened, but in a way, nothing has happened because famous Lennon quote. I think <laughs> no, yeah, it sounds kind <laughs> yeah, of like an the old opposite. One, but... No, this is a decade where weeks are happening. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Thank you. I'm glad um, we have the show. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's good. So keep, what I would keep what that I, in. Yeah, I will. <laughs> what I was getting at there is that uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, Canucks got COVID, came back, had two triumphant victories uh, against the best team in the division, then lost to the worst team in the division, and they're still ten points back of a playoff spot with the same amount of games between them and Montreal. So literally, nothing has changed uh, as much as. Yeah. In the in the middle of those things happening, there were a lot of um, there was a lot of crazy stuff. Like obviously, the games back were amazing to watch. The first two against the Leafs, mm-hmm. and obviously, 
Uh, it's just always funny to watch the Leafs lose when they're supposed to win because they're just so good at doing that. Um, what's yeah, those worse, games exist in a bubble. Losing games with to, the Leafs always exist in a bubble. Um, losing to what? Yeah, what's worse, losing to a Zamboni driver or losing to like a team of <laughs> Bam Margeras immediately after like getting kicked in the balls? <laughs> Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is play 19 hockey games with COVID lungs. <laughs> Holy shit. I actually have a question about the nothing has changed part. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. I was listening to the VanCast, and I heard uh, Drance mention something about uh, our place on Dom Lucision's graph. Yes. The playoff right. odds. And he said that we were around, like, 20% odds, 25% yeah. odds. Yeah. I feel like the last time I heard about that graph, we were down at, like, 5 yeah. zero. Montreal so- really – Montreal and Calgary have both really eaten shit over the last little while. And so it's a lot more possible than it was the last time we recorded, but Uh at the same time, like nothing about the team has changed. Yeah. And a huge part of, of the, the whole narrative that was coming up after the two Leafs games was that like their next four games are against Ottawa. There's four, uh, they're eight points back of Montreal. Like Mm -hmm. if they sweep this series against Ottawa, they could be right back in the picture, right? Yeah. Uh, but then they lost their first game against Ottawa and Montreal won. So it's not um, that if it had gone the other way, I think the Canucks playoff odds would have jumped up to 40 some odd percent, which is quite yeah. significant and would have been a huge jump. But I think now that it's the same amount of point difference, I think we're pretty much back in the same boat where it's like, they're probably going to be the last team to get eliminated from playoff contention contention mm-hmm. in the division, but they're also probably not exactly a shoe in to, to make it They're They're probably still going to be trailing Montreal pretty significantly. The sort of big object of intrigue for me there is just that Calgary sucked so much and that they're not going to really be a threat. Um, that, mm-hmm. that makes things interesting because if you're only battling with one team for the final spot, that's a lot easier than battling with two. So one team with yeah. their goalie missing for who knows yeah, how long. Exactly. So, right. you know, yeah. it, uh, it's one of those things where ultimately like carry price in case people didn't, didn't uh, catch up on that. Yes, Carey price yes. is, is uh, concussed for at least a week, mm-hmm. I think. And so, but is it worse to like, it might be better for them if, if they have to go with Jake Allen, because Carey price hasn't been that good this year. He's been up and down anyways, for sure. Um, But uh, really the, you know, they could make the playoffs. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, I mean, I did say at the start of the year that I thought they would make it. Um, Yeah. I think, I think I also said they would squeak in. Um, So no, I said they would not make it. So (laughs) you said they were going to be just out, which I I said they were going to be just out. Yeah. This is bullshit. No, but I I was going to say, I think, I think you're going to hold up as being the one who ended up being, I still do. I think Um, it'll be the closest, but I I feel like they're not just out. I feel like they're worse than they're worse than that. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I, I, okay. Yeah. No, what I was here ultimately. Sorry, what I was going to say is ultimately what all of this uh, like adds up to me is that I just can't formulate any kind of passionate uh, feelings about what's going on right now because I I really can't stand 
seeing what the Canucks just went through mm-hmm. um, utilized as an element in sports narratives. It just yeah. feels icky yeah. to me. It feels like not like the way we should be covering what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And and I think the good, honestly, I think the good journalists in this city are doing a good job of that. Like uh, mm-hmm. the, the guys yeah. that we would typically name PJ, who's going to be on the show later, Drance, uh Daniel Wagner you know like and there are others too but but the I would say in the grander um market and certainly nationally like even though it was really cool to see them come back and win those games against the Leafs it was almost like worse than if they had lost because I felt like it legitimized the whole thing and it allowed people to sort of craft these narratives about like overcoming adversity or whatever and it's just like it's sort of it's sort of belittling of what they went through i guess a little yeah. bit to just describe it as like overcoming adversity it, it, they got put in an unsafe situation that they shouldn't have been put in and uh it, it and it wasn't and their, a safe situation. and their response to it should not redound to the nhl's benefit in my opinion no. yeah i got i got this image in my head of like francesco patting bo horvat on the back really hard Mm-hmm. And the Horvath's like, my bones are turning to brittle, dude. Just like, <laughs> yeah. just like, please don't do that. Like, they are, they are, they're hurting people. Their families are hurting. Um, oh, and the way, and then, and then they win all. their first two games, and everyone points at it and goes, "See, it wasn't that bad. It was all overblown." Yeah, I yeah. mean, my my prediction that the Canucks were going to win that first game wasn't just like, <laughs> "Oh, the Leafs suck," and this is just what happens with the Canucks, ha ha ha. But it's like this, like even grander scheme this is bad like the worst thing would happen would that be they win everybody forgets how horrible p1 was for for the team yeah um and, and how much of an uh how much that vindicates the idea that none of this should have been happening yeah even since the bubble um and now it's like it absolves ownership and it absolves the nhl i know that they're all across the league people were watching that game because they were like we want proof that we don't have to let this league die this year if everybody gets sick. Absolutely. Like finally, yeah. we have proof. And now if the Canucks lose, now they can just point to the fact that the Canucks are a bad team. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah. not because of COVID. It's sort of like, one well, of those COVID things no where... Impact. Look, they beat the best team in hockey. Yeah. They just regressed back to being the regular Canucks. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Their lungs are made of sand right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like... So, obviously there's the players for whom this is terrible. And ultimately, yes, they are agreeing to play and they're agreeing to play for reasons that make financial business sense for them. And there's, um, I think we should still be sympathetic to the fact that this shouldn't be happening, but while also recognizing that like for a lot of guys, these are like millionaires who are, um, making this decision to do this so that they can continue to make to be like more millionaires, right? Um, there are other guys though who for whom it's like, if I don't make like half of my or you know sixty percent of my NHL salary for this year, um, at league minimum, like I don't know what I'm gonna do after this. Like, like there's a yeah. There are so it's it's one of those things where when you talk about it from a pro pro player perspective, you kind of even have to acknowledge like those class divisions within the players as well. But ultimately, like it does sort of feel like from on the business side of things, the owners and the management 
with regards to Vancouver specifically, it's like, this is almost perfect for them because it's just like a situation where things can only be spun positively for them. If they do well, it's like, look at how tough and gritty our group is that they overcame this adversity. If Uh they do poorly, you're not like, you can't criticize them and nor by the way, nor should you, because it's ridiculous that they're playing like after P1 um, but the intention behind which is completely different. Exactly. And then, and then, um, but then, you know, Jim Benning or whoever can get up and, at the press conference at the end of the season and say, it's not our fault. It was COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's also just like, it, it's just this, uh, it's this perfect storm of being able to continue to just kick the can down the road forever. Yeah. Right. So it's like ever since the beginning, COVID was, a perfect excuse for this management team. Absolutely, yeah. They just have yeah. used it as an excuse in very <laughs> in ways that I think we didn't expect them to do. Absolutely. And like I, I have a for me, I have a case for why for for how you could have totally exploited COVID or yeah. or just used. Um, like, like I feel like if, if Gillis was a manager, what he would have done is he would have ta- talked to Francesco and, mm-hmm. and told him, "Hey, you're not going to make any money during COVID." anyways yeah this is a perfect time for us to gut the fucking team yeah exactly and then come out of this come out of this with a full pantry come out of this uh with eiserman levels of draft picks yeah exactly and Um, then and then just built rebuild the team do an actual rebuild on the fly yeah the actual rebuild on the fly that is an actual possible thing that you can do um if you know what you're doing it's it's like I can't put enough stress on that sentence. Like, you're not going to have any ticket revenue. Yeah, exactly. There, there will never be another situation scenario for you like this. Uh, God willing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What like that? That is the dream scenario for a rebuild. You don't have to worry about what the fans are going to think with their dollars. People are probably going to watch the games anyways from TV, so there's still going to be fan engagement, mm-hmm. um, and they're just going to be happy to see, like you know, the Utica Comets or the something Comets play, play hockey. Right. So that, yeah. that, that really pissed yeah. me off. Like there, there was such, this was a perfect opportunity and intent instead they turned into a perfect storm of using COVID in the worst ways possible and getting the whole team sick also. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like this is a, this dovetails really nicely into the conversation we're about to have with Patrick Johnson. So why don't we kick it over to uh, our interview and um, hopefully the listeners enjoy it. Joining us now is friend of the show, a uh, long time agenda setter and conspiracy theorist, <laughs> Patrick Johnson. Long time mercenary. Uh, no, agenda taker. Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, take orders, right? Uh, like, that's right. Sorry. Yes, I forgot. Um, joining joining Tyson, us from it. what looks like your lovely home instead of your yeah, car. On um, the deck. I'm not driving into the game. And I will say, uh, what game I, was that? By the way, does anybody remember? I feel uh, like it was. Was that in the summer? No, <laughs> no, no. Well, that was early January. That was definitely. Yeah, it was early January. January. That's right. Oh. Yeah, because I was in Vancouver for a bit. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I, I parked I, on the street. I don't remember why I parked on the street and not. Was it? Yeah, I didn't see you go through it was the one tunnel. of the scrimmages. It was one of the scrimmages. I think that's what it was. No, oh. because they still hadn't kind of confirmed. And I, I oh yeah, we were doing preview. So there was something about that. Yeah, that's just, right. Yeah, I didn't were... feel like I think they were still figuring out security, and I had to. Yeah. I just didn't. I couldn't. I didn't want to call. I just walked. In. I paid the buck to park on the street. I gave the city <laughs> oh, my I, money. 
I was totally I mean my money instead of taking the free free thing from the Canucks. If I was uh I mean if, if I Not saw that you any go... statement there at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Canucks are to be honest, you know, other than well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but mm-hmm. other than kind of what went down last week, to be honest, the Canucks have been pretty good to deal with this year. Given they generally everything. are, yeah. And I actually that was the that was the first thing I wanted to ask <laughs> yeah, you is so. I'm happy to take their free parking is what yes. I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like we um, got a lot of looks at coverage inside the bubble. What, right. the, what the bubble was like. I know um, I always meant to, I want I still, still do want to have Drance on the show and I always wanted to have oh, him yeah. on for a special bubble boy episode. So I could get <laughs> all his takes on uh, both being in the bubble and also the Seinfeld episode, uh, the bubble boy. Um, I would also love to hear what he thinks about that, but um, I, uh, I wanted to ask, I feel like we haven't heard nearly as much about what it's been like to cover the team within the actual building. And, you know, yeah. obviously this weird Frankenstein zoom press conferences, yeah. but also you're yeah. watching the game. So what's it, what's it been like uh, covering, covering the Canucks in this new normal, so to speak weird i i think you know the rhythm and the routines have kind of settled into themselves and you know for what it is you're like okay this is how it is you're used to it i mean the fact that yeah we get to get in the building and we can see and see the games and see most of the practices hmm. um you know and, and you know there's sort of you know actions speak louder than words and things reveal themselves and how in uh you know those sorts you know how your relationships actually move forward and you know on the whole in terms of yeah like they've they let us in the building they've actually been quite good to deal with um you know as the you know a chapter chair in the phwa you end up hearing stuff from around the league and you know there are you know there's always things that we'll criticize i think in terms of what our expectations are, our desires are in terms of covering a team. Of course, but, you wouldn't be doing your, your job. <laughs> <if> you <were. laughs> yeah, but, you know, um, let's put it this way. We're not dealing with Lou Lamorello. Totally, and, yeah. Like, was, Chicago Blackhawks. Like, here's a, this is a great counterexample. Adam Godet got traded to the Blackhawks, you know, 10 days ago. And I don't know if he's made a media appearance yet. Mm-hmm. And that's intentional, you yeah. know, like – you know, in the end, credit to the Canucks. Like they'll like Alex Edler wanted to. I mean, I don't know if you want to say I'm sorry, but Alex Edler came out. None of us were expecting to see Alex Edler, and he came up to talk about the Hyman hit. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, I didn't get a chance to say this during the uh, during the main part of the episode too, but uh, I also just want to state for the record that my opinion on that is that uh, that hit doesn't happen if uh, the Canucks aren't playing immediately post uh, P one. <laughs> Probably, you know, probably not. I want to say that, that I know. Element, yeah, I know Edler has a history, and it's a well, bad hit. And ultimately, <laughs> like eight years is, ago, but, yeah, exactly. I mean, Edler, I, let's put it this way: Edler on, is, you know. you know, he's getting old. I mean, as I said, he doesn't. He's not as mobile. I mean, he's never the most mobile guy, but he's not as mobile as he used yeah. to be. And defending the rush has been a problem for him, and he, you know, he's tired. He's out of sync, and he's also tired twice you know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and, yeah. And yeah. He missed his hit he literally missed his hit Hyman moves and he basically had committed to his line and you mm-hmm. know and anyway yeah it, um, it's it, like we, i feel like most people have seen that hit in slow motion yeah and that's not how fast hockey moves yeah anyway. so but anyway so no, to react so, to Hyman yeah. moving over yeah covering games you know i mean it's like this is the thing people you're like well you're just tweeting out the lines and you're like well no <laughs> yeah. um 
you know, it's about the players who aren't there. Well, (laughs) 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 sorry, but it's the tangible examples of things like, well, Zach McEwen has one goal this year. Um, his one goal was a tip in front of a, of a difficult point shot that involved him, I think, if I remember correctly, actually sort of spinning into position in front of the net. I remember that, yeah. And it was literally a skill that he works on every practice, mm-hmm. right? Wow. And if I weren't there, I mean, it's not a huge detail, but it's a detail. And I asked him about after the game and he was like, yeah. And he like appreciated that I asked. And it was just, you know, it's stuff like that. It's not, first of all, it, it's, it helps, you know, that's, that's, that's a selfish thing, I suppose, but that helps our storytelling. But it's also one of those things like the fans find, they don't find these things out if it's just one person asking generic questions, right? Like Which is why I guess the, fact that they made the decision to close the practice on what could you actually just yeah how did that all happen yeah so okay yeah so when's i mean you know i mean we've all kind of lined a few things up now as all the bits have come together and i think (laughs) friedman pointed this out on his on 31 thoughts the other day which was a you know i you know i it's one of those ones you're in the middle of it so you don't necessarily think about all the bits because i essentially had all those bits too because wednesday night i heard from the NHLPA, you know, after JT Miller had, had said his piece and, you know, we knew we started figuring out, you know, the team had been obviously talking, you knew that he wasn't speaking alone. Anyway, you hear from the PA, they kind of lay out what's happened from their end. But Friedman pointed out that essentially the, the, a missing piece in communication was that the, the, the third, there was always going to be a large number of sort of, medical testing done on Thursday morning and in the under the NHL's return to play protocol for uh, positive test um, you know there there are certain things it's not just do you feel healthy it's you have to pass like a cardiac exam so there's an EKG and then there's a couple you know you have to fat pass a vest basically a, you know a, a, a physical with your with the physician and you know whatever that is involved but um so Thursday morning was always going to be about all that kind of stuff. And so Wednesday after, you know, Miller does his thing. We're kind of like, whoa, this is big. And at some, I can't remember what the timing was, but at some point, you I mean, generally Canucks PR. And I think people know about the Twitter account that tells us essentially when things are going to happen, usually the next day, sometimes for a few days going forward, you know, said, yeah, practice tomorrow. First full practice will be at this time. Yada, yada, yada open the, the first time it was going to be open to the build open to the media because we knew they'd been skating but it'd been very much kind of like you know they were and we were i think we were understandable we're like first of all there's nothing to see it's it's mm-hmm. mostly guys skating by themselves so it was supposed to be open then sort of everything changes over the next i don't know 12 hours or whatever it would have been so that late wednesday night there's a new message if i remember or was it Thursday morning. I know it was Thursday morning, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, was seen by most of us. And we're like, well, what the heck's this about? Um, it turns out there was actually, I, I won't say who, but it was an innocent mistake and it got handled fine. And they were actually mm-hmm. totally understanding. But it turns out there was actually a camera that got in because they'd arrived early and they <laughs> actually had to be told, you know, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, what are you talking about? But it was, this is how quickly things were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we saw it and I was like, what the heck's this? And, you know, in my sort of PHWA role, sometimes I have to make calls in that capacity and make that clear and, you know, call up the Canucks PR department and, you know, talk to them and, and said, you know, what is this? What is this? And 
you know, you're usually pretty skeptical on these things because in the end, you know, like sometimes it's their job to run screens. That's just how it goes. Um, and, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with them. I talk to them fairly often and, and basically, you know, it took some, I, I, it wasn't clear to me what the rationale was, but I was also engaging with, uh, you know, national PHWA leadership, like our presidents, Frank Cerebelli and Chris Johnston's the vice president. And I was, doing, I was working, you know, speaking with Chris about you know, sort of his thoughts and what he was thinking and what he was perhaps able to contribute. And so he starts, you know, he calls the league basically on my behalf. And, you know, we kind of figured out and eventually it all kind of settled and we all understood there was testing going on and yeah, that's kind of private, you sure. know, yeah. we don't yeah. really need to see this. And so we kind of were like, okay, we just backed away. That's fine. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, you know, no point where we upset or whatever. We just want to know what the heck's going on. Be, you know, let us know. So we, you know, okay. All right. And then, yeah. So anything, things kind of settle. I actually talked to Jim Benning at one point to talk about the situation. Didn't ask him about the practice just talked about sort of protocol and procedure and i think by that point actually they'd already they declared that they weren't going to play friday night that's why i called them anyway okay and then that that's right later that evening they announced practices are closed until sunday mm-hmm. you're like i mean it was quite late when it came up and mm-hmm. so you but even so you start hearing from various colleagues and we start talking and i was like yeah no i'm gonna call in the morning and you know canucks pr was very professional about this but you know, in the end, it was clear that this was a decision from above. Yeah. And, uh, you know, made by, at the very least, Jim Benning and possibly ownership. I don't know. There's stuff to but, say. Yeah. It's, it'll always be. But it was a management you're talking choice. About, yeah. And as far as, you know, and as far as we understood, this was not a player driven decision. I don't think it was a coach driven decision. <laughs> um, it was a decision. You know, and then, then Jim Benning basically spelled it out. He said, I didn't, you know, basically said I didn't, he didn't think we would report on it fairly, and which was just ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what I said in the statement. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, maybe it was a, maybe it would have been better to make clear in the statement, Vancouver Canucks management. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, that, sure. you know, show all your work. Mm-hmm. I think most people got the point. Mm-hmm. You know, there, uh, there's always going to be, and this is life, this is how it works, right? Like there's always... You know, life would be boring if everyone everyone agreed. Unfortunately, yeah, um, that is true. I mean, maybe that is what we want. But, <laughs> yeah, but in this case, so you know, obviously, be nice if a, we agreed on a few things. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> but there are yeah, other things right. that we're yeah. never going to agree on. Yeah, you know, so I got a lot of vocal feedback, and you know, usual PHW isn't you know, like you know what, fine, you can. That's what you want to believe, but more often than not, it was clear they didn't read the statement. They didn't, you know, and people didn't understand. You know, whatever. That's life. I'm I'm curious, Pat. Like, how often have you done that? Never. Like putting out a. So you, that, that's the first time you've had to put out a PHWA. That's, how, that's so important. And, you know, I letter. talked to you know, and it wasn't just me that wrote that. Like, I I right. you know, got together with a number of 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 people who are in membership, and we've got I think about a dozen people that are that are members here, which is one of the larger chapters in the league. Hmm. Um, and I'm you know I think I'm I'm actually pretty proud to say that. Um, absolutely yeah yeah i guess you know because i think you know it's an important organization you know it's not always obvious why these things but it's you know it's a way to coordinate and and advocate and you know in hockey it's always been a more difficult relationship like in baseball the baseball writers um traditionally were very old school they become more progressive as basically the boomers are retired and (laughs) people you know my older than me and then my age have kind of taken on um 
the bulk of things, but you know, baseball writers have always been a lot stronger just because they're, they've been around forever, you know, um, you know, and, and it, you know, anyway, it, it's, just, it's an important, I, I think it's an important thing. There are things like this are important to be involved in, um, you know, especially for advocacy and, and, and to sort of, I mean, our organization's fully deserving of criticism for a lack of diversity. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. You know, but I think to, to some credit, like has been something they're conscious of and have been working at trying to improve and, it's probably easier to improve that sort of thing when there is an organization as well. well yeah. <laughs> then you to know, just then just everyone acting as individuals and hoping yes. they can there's, right. Yes, yeah. 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 There's um. Some, there's somewhere to discuss these things. Exactly. Yeah. So why? I guess. Um. Well, there's two. There's two things I want to ask you, and I guess the the first is why would you be just in case in case it's not obvious uh, why would you be concerned about the implications of the canucks closing practice? well yeah i mean it's funny because someone pointed this out to me and they're like well you know because i always give up the nhl a hard time for their argument oh my god we can't set a precedent yes yeah <laughs> <gasps> oh you know what that means and it's just like what and they don't actually know i mean like i, I tweeted about it a while back and there was this uh, you know um bill masterson dies in hospital and basically a bunch of this this, this bunch of players like this is right before the 1968 or whatever all-star game mm-hmm. and a bunch of players basically don't want to play in the game they're like we want to go to the service yes and and the nhl is like no and they literally said we can we're afraid of setting a precedent. You're like, the guy, the guy fucking died. <laughs> What's the precedent? If someone dies, we'll move the all-star game. Yeah, totally. That's a, That sounds like a good precedent to me, frankly. Like, We'll only move the all-star game in case of death. Yeah. Like, that's okay. I think people can understand that. No, I'm really yeah. sick. I'm sorry. We won't move the all-star game. Like, anyway, you know, so, you know, the... I think it's an important word to understand. I think, you know, in general, it's always one of those ones. It's, it's really easy to give stuff away. It's really hard to pull it back. Yes. And, and so in all of this, you know, I, I think it, in all of this, um, there's just sort of that important need to say this, you know, whatever this is, like it's wrong and we need to say why. Yeah. And we thought it would made it clear that first of all, it was a challenge to serve our professionalism, which was insulting. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and second of all, uh, you know, that this is a violation of the rules. The rules are spelled out like the league and the players have s- defined the, the, the sort of circumstances under which we operate. And we're generally fine with that. You know, the fact that we get in, you know, there are windows where we're allowed to talk to the players. Fine. You know, there, there's sort of um, access rules under which we can operate. And, you know, and, as, and within all that, there's sort of an expectation. Yeah, you're going to behave. You know, it's, I mean, it's interesting. It actually doesn't say on the Canucks' media card, no autographs, if I'm not mistaken, because they just, they presume you know that. But you go to other arenas and, you know, I go to other games and I'll get my press pass for the game and it says no autographs. Mm-hmm. You know, fine. Like, you know, some places you need to spell that out. Um and so, you know, in this case, it was just, it was just an important thing. We just, you know, we all agreed that this was, it, you know, it, it was, there was, there was no cause for it. The process was flawed. You know, it was one of those ones, like once we understood what happened on Thursday, I think we were all fine with it. You know, you, you want to go back mm-hmm. and do it again. Like, t- just tell us, hey, hey guys, we're doing these things. We're, you know, I, I, 
were sort of calling on your understanding and people would have been fine. Mm-hmm. And it was just very reactionary. And, and it was an important thing. Like, you know, it's a discussion that we've had in the past um, without going too far into detail in, um, I'm trying to remember what was that? Was it, it was last season, 2019, 20. Um, when, when Jacob, Mar- there was a, Jacob Marshall flew home to be with right. his father before he passed away. That's right. right. Yes. And it all happened very quickly. I, I can't remember the game, but it was a big game. And um, anyway, we, we, we come in the room and they sort of say, guys, Jacob's not available tonight. And that was it. <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? And so all of a sudden, you, you know, it's that fills that void, you know, or sorry, creates that void. And mm-hmm. all we do is start like, we don't know what to say. And so you're starting on blah, 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 blah. And then within, you know, by the next morning, we understood and it had been explained and so you know, it was one of those ones when I sort of next had an opportunity, I sort of sidled up to PR guys and said, guys, listen, like in a moment like that, we're, we're adults, you know, like we're yeah. professionals. Just say, listen, Jacob's dealing with a family matter. You know, can we respect the privacy? Not and just accept and we'll, everything will be made more sense tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, can I just rely, lean on your professionalism in that standpoint? And I, I said, honestly, because I had ended up talking to everybody and everyone had said, yeah, like, they all kind of got it. I mean, there's always there's always the chance of someone being a squeaky wheel. Fine, but and I said that to them, and and you know the response actually was interesting. They basically they're like, no one's ever said that before, and I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> let's try something new. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> and and you know, I, yeah, and and you know, I think in general, you know, in general, there's, I mean, we haven't had it. I mean, that was such a again a sort of outlier. Yeah, that I mean, I that was that was sort of in the back of my mind. Um, but it was sort of one of those ones. It was like, you know, there was no, certainly there's, and I, and I think as I have just made clear, the dispute in this case ended up not being between like PHWA and Canucks PR. I think that needs to be clear. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. Yeah. That, yeah. that, you know, I mean, in the end, if this was a decision made above, above them. And, uh, you know, so I think, I think in the end, you know, that that was the thing to understand here too, is that this was not a repeat of, of, that situation, which which is which is also obviously a completely different scenario. So, you know, it was just to, to come back to the original question. It was really a case of really kind of making it clear that this really was something we didn't we deemed as unacceptable for a whole variety of reasons, including which was like you know it was needlessly confrontational at the end of the day. Yeah, um, and especially think, for you know I, yeah. I would say a management group that on the whole you know, obviously takes, has been taking a lot of heat, but I would say on the whole has in general accepted the, the reality of their position that they're in management and that that's what comes with the territory is that, you know, the media is going to be critical of, of your approach. I was going to bring up on, you, you brought up precedence and the precedence goes both ways there though, right? Like what you did was to prevent another situation from happening where the team pulls this on you and maybe they do it for reasons that, are less are less reasonable than the players are getting tested for covid or right. a player's family died like yeah. if you don't have that information or is ill uh, i mean in that case it was marshman's father hadn't passed away he was ill right sure they were yeah. ill yeah my bad um and and to be clear there was never any suggestion that we were going to make a statement on that it was just yeah how do we you know how do we make this less less 
weird. It was just mm-hmm. weird. And everyone's like, what's going on? Well, so, and it's also in, it's in their interest to a certain degree as well, where you don't, you aren't ending up in a situation where you have media guys go going, you know, like open up their phone and just being like, for some reason, Jacob Markstrom's not taking questions tonight. Right. Yeah. But, you know, because yeah. if you just tell everyone like, yeah, his father's ill, then, then, the, then everyone can just go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, and then, I mean, I can't remember, I mean, we would have gone and see Travis Green after that, like in those, mm-hmm. in that sequence, just so people know the door, the room is, is essentially the rule is five minutes after five minutes after I think the the door, I can't remember. There's a sequence. Sure. It's, I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it's pretty I, quick. I understand. Basically, you've been, you, you know, you have, you're in the press box. <laughs> you have to like, I mean, for me anyway, cause I have to file a story at big because there's a newspaper mm. <laughs> you know i'm one of the few people's under this constraint but i, pff, I have to get you it physically in. have to print the paper and <laughs> well, i physically have to send something that they can print yeah. and then i and then you basically you're running to the elevator there's there's essentially two locked off runs in the elevator which is the first one which is management so you have to you know you you wait for you know the canucks managers that are still upstairs and coaches to go and then you get the next elevator hmm. is the media and you know sometimes drunken yahoos from one of the pre- from one of the suites <laughs> accidentally gets walked in yeah but whatever <laughs> anyway we get downstairs and then we go downstairs and usually we wait in like where they do the on tv you know when postgame murph does the interview outside the outside the room and the, the sort of magic sliding door um we're waiting just essentially down the hall like 10 feet from Murph and whatever player he's talking to and we're waiting and so sometimes you'll see us walk behind because they've just mm-hmm. opened the door and then basically essentially the, the sort of rhythm is once you're in anyone's there who's there is available <laughs> and and you know essentially available to talk but once they've talked they're done mm-hmm. so you know right. there's kind of anyway that's that, that's I mean that's that's a, more, that's a bit more sausage how the sausage oh, we love it. Made, yeah, no, I do. I, I <laughs> do. So we been in the room with with Mark. You know, so when Markstrom didn't appear, we were in the room, and so you usually that usually takes. You know, honestly, sometimes it feels like it takes half an hour. I think it takes all of ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes, and you kind of have to pick your moments wisely. I try not to follow the scrum because usually those are the least inter- interesting. Yeah, um, exchanges, but some of the obvious ones. I'm unimportant. You know, and so you have to kind of listen in on that. I usually try to wait till the end to actually, if I actually have a question. Otherwise, you know, I'm trying to collect stuff around and then, you know, I'll go back and see what the, you know, if, if, if there was, uh, you know, if there's a, a video clip of that particular interview, like if Canucks TV actually, the Canucks camera was in on there, or sometimes you can get audio from other people. But anyway, so we were in there and then, and then once we're done, we go down the hall to the media room where we do the press conference with the coach and yeah so i mean we would have yeah I, I, if i remember correctly it would have basically been like where the hell is jacob markstrom and travis was like i can't say and it was like really awkward and you're yeah like, totally in hindsight yeah. you're like i don't that, that wasn't like why did we put travis in that position oh uh, yeah, yeah that sucks mm-hmm. for him too yeah you know? i don't even think of that but that's anyway true. like i don't yeah because like he's not allowed to say so much worse than just having just getting to say personal matter family thing yeah yeah, yeah and it was just it, it was just um you know, I think it was one of those ones that in the moment, like they, they were, I mean, I, I had in the end, I also be clear, I had sympathy for them. Like they were really like well, unpre- for them, unprecedented situation. <laughs> anyway, uh, you sounded just like your dad when you did that little. <laughs> unprecedented thing. I just had oh, to God. I, uh, <laughs> PJ looks very happy about that comparison right now. Um, 
the last thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, are you concerned at all? Or do you think people, in maybe more broadly, people should be concerned about there being sort of media access clawbacks in a mm. post-COVID uh, world? Is there is there any concern that you have about that? Or in Vancouver uh, or across the league? Even? Yeah, I mean, it might happen across the league. I, I honestly, I don't think it'll happen here. I think I do. I do have a fair bit of confidence. This is a one-off situation. I do, you know, it, it, there may be pressures again. There's always pressures though. And the pressures have been evolving over the years. I mean, seven years ago, it was involved sending angry letters by lawyers to two newspapers, you know, threatening, basically using threatening language towards uh, reporters and columnists. Yeah. There have been instances like I mean I'm not alone in this, and there have been instances where yeah there've been there's been sort of feedback that was essentially you could tell what was driving it and and you know it was sort of pushback on on ways you'd frame stories you know sort mm-hmm. of the the opinion you were giving and that's I mean that's to be expected so. You know, I, I I don't think. I mean, the fact that at the end of the day they open it, we're back to business as usual on Sunday. Um, I mean, yeah, okay. If there's a global pandemic again, <laughs> you know, yeah. and the whole but team, you, you might set, say a precedent has been uh, set about you know, uh, what will maybe, happen if maybe, there's another global pandemic again. You yeah. know, but in the long run, not so much. No, I mean, I think you know, yeah. I mean, we, you know, let, let's put it this way the whole JT Miller experience doesn't happen without us. And I think yeah. the team knows that um, now, whether the team is happy about how it played out or not, it's not really, that's not really up to us. You know, we were just, we were there. We, you know, we asked the questions, the player gave his answers. He didn't have to answer the way he did, but he made a choice um, and, and made the correct choice to be clear. You know, oh, we're not, I'm not in any way <laughs> saying that any of this is JT Miller's fault. It's to JT Miller's credit. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely yeah in this instance well and also just that he was the you know i mean in the end he was the guy that was available that day and and uh you know and under sort of the terms of access was one of the few because the other thing too is if a player's in it's it's complicated if a player's injured generally not available mm-hmm. if a player skates as part of a practice is supposed to be available but sometimes isn't made available or just doesn't want to talk mm-hmm. there you know there was a yeah, I'm trying to think. Of a couple, you know, I've had. I think I've had a couple instances of it where players skated, and I kind of sidle up to them, and they just kind of gave me cranky answers, and I was like, "Fair yeah, enough." All right, don't want to talk. <laughs> that's that's, that's the right. Yeah. You know, nobody. Is, this is the thing that I feel like a lot of people uh, don't necessarily realize is that is how much like input and control over the team's relation relationship with the media the players and the management and the individuals involved have like, oh, yeah. they are not, they are not um, you know, they're not sending out uh, little directives to you guys about what you're supposed to write by any means. Um, at least uh, they sort of have preferences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but you're, you're there with them. I mean, and particularly pre COVID, like you're there with them, you're sharing mm-hmm. space with them. You are required. Like there's a certain amount of, accountability there just by having to have working relationships with these guys every day, which is why it's it's, it's kind of so shocking to me. Well, not shocking, but galling to me to see people who are so removed from the situation uh, accuse you guys of, um, of being, of being, you know, like needlessly antagonistic when it's really just not, uh, in your, yeah. I mean, I, I guess basically I say this as an antagonist and as somebody who, who, yeah. never, 
never wanted to get close too close to the team because mm -hmm. I knew that yeah. it would have that effect on me because I, turns out that when you have to share space with people a lot of the time you tend to learn to be pretty empathetic towards mm. them but pretty, it's yeah, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> i think you know i would say and uh, yeah i i think one of the things i've learned um and it's hard and it's you know and i totally get it jackson we totally get what you're saying mm -hmm. you know i i guess the sort of feeling because it's, it's evolved a little bit you know i'm not gonna lie the first time you know well this is pretty cool I, I I never fanboyed, but you're like, that's neat. Like this yes. is a neat, this is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But I also was old enough that I was like, wow, there's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And and, yeah. and so I mean, I wasn't. Sin I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. I was, you know, I was a late 30s journalist. I've been working as a journalist for seven years when I first started the Canucks, covering the Canucks. You know, I. You know, after having spent five years as a teacher, I think I'd learned a fair bit about cynicism. Um, <laughs> but that said, you know, you're trying to tell stories, you're trying to help people understand what's going on and what are things that you think are interesting that you hope they will find interesting because in the end, like that's the purpose of the job is both to be a storyteller, but also, I mean, and salesman is the wrong word, but you, you are, you are trying, I mean, literally, France is trying to sell subscriptions. Mm. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to convince people to stick around. I mean, I'm, people can, I mean, we do actually drive, we are apparently driving subscriptions, but it's not as conscious and it's a different, it's just different for me. But yeah. nonetheless, yeah, absolutely. I want people not to come obvious. back, you know. So I'm trying to keep an honesty and a sort of an insightfulness and a, and a, and a, a you know, but not takes the, not a take, but like, my, you know, I want people to understand and have, feel a reason to come. come Analysis. Back. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, you do, and then inevitably do need some relationships. There are players on the team that, you know, that, that, um, you know, inherently in that you may become less critical of, but I mean, I mean, here's a tangible example. Like, I think, you know, people may remember, I asked Troy Stetcher a question that drew me a lot of criticism last <laughs> summer. Um, and, you know, last summer, let's be honest, it was a difficult time for Troy I'd gotten to know him reasonably well over the previous two seasons. You know, I think banking on the, you know, I think some built on some of the fact that, you know, I had, I, I knew Richmond a little bit. You yeah, know, I totally. As a teacher, I think I'd given, you know, I'd sort of opened myself a little bit up just to sort of not, not like emotionally or anything like that, but just so he understood a little bit where I came from, a little bit of my backstory, you know, just to kind of build a bit of trust there. You know, he was you know, the kind of guy that you could go up to and say, you know, ask him for something. And, he, and we called him the great, the great, he was the great truth teller of that room. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I knew I was taking a risk in asking the question. Maybe I could have framed it a bit differently, but here we were. I mean, it was, a, it was kind of a circumstance, you know, we ha hadn't talked to him. We hadn't had him for uh, 10 days to a, at least a week, I think 10 days. Oh. They, they, you know, they had given us Oscar Fenberg and Alex Edler the day before. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, that was a choice. And He's I grimacing it. right now for those of you who can't see him on the camera. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are some days, you know, especially in the zoom world, like I get it. Like it's been challenging. It's been challenging for everyone. And, you know, you know, some days you just have to send out the guys that are just going to kill. It's just absolutely I'm fine. Yeah, like, sure you know that's that's it and that you know i shouldn't be relying on who is able to give quotes right and that's something i you know i think most of us accept 
but yeah, I mean, so Troy comes out on a game day and I think, you know, obviously people are like, what are you asking that on a game day for? And it's like, this is like, I didn't, we didn't pick any of these guys, especially that was the other thing mm. last year was it was really, there was things were far more limited in terms of, you know, access. Obviously they were in the bubble. Nobody was allowed to watch practices. Like Drance was in, and my colleague Ed Willis were in Edmonton, but they weren't allowed to go watch practice. Um, they were allowed to watch games. That was it. Yeah. Um, there was a, you know, very small advantage to them being there, but, you know, I think Tom certainly took an approach that, uh, was was intense, <laughs> um, but uh, you know I think you know I think would would have been fascinating to go through as a as a writer and a journalist and someone trying to churn out ideas and you know hopefully he wrote the good ones down and reminded remind himself of what the bad ones were but <laughs> but like a good professional experience Ed I think had a similar I mean it was a challenge because you had to figure out I mean you, it, in a scenario like that where the city is open, you could go out and, well, talk, you know, it's the old Jimmy Breslin thing. You find all the people that aren't in the middle of the story. You find the grave digger. Do you guys know who Jimmy Breslin is? Does this mean anything to you? I oh, but go into it. I recognize that name, but I don't know why I recognize yeah, it. Yeah, asking the grave digger thing is familiar, yeah. though. Famous New York uh, columnist. So just, yes. and a columnist is someone who literally writes themselves. They, they put themselves in story. They give opinion. You know, they they're 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 sort of here's an issue, here's a thing I think is important, blah 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 blah. And they they're they're self-directed. That was what Most, I did at Canucks Army, and it yes. caused it caused a, a lot of uh consternation with people who didn't understand that that was what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, versus a reporter, I mean yes. these lines are more and more blurred now mm-hmm. just because of mm-hmm. partly how most news outlets have you know how they're staffed now, and that's life. And I think also just in terms of how we understand you know journalism i think but sure. you know traditionally there's more reporters and i mean in general i'm supposed to be a reporter but obviously inherently end up giving opinion fairly often or give analysis fairly often um but so jimmy breslin was just he's just this like legendary columnist um at the new york daily news and one of his famous columns is about he wrote about uh the guy that yes. dug jfk's grave that's right yeah and oh. it's just, it's an incredible, go find it. Whoever's listening, go. Yeah, that's go, so go good. JFK, JFK Gravedigger, you know, Jimmy. That Bresley. is how you know who, who a good columnist is. Yeah. Is like and their he, ability to, to, to look at a situation and say the best, and say the best way to tell this story is through this lens that you would have mm. never thought about. And that, that's so perfect. That's yeah. such a perfect example because yeah, I would have never thought to, to talk to that person. But in a way, that is the best person to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, I don't know, I don't quite remember the full backstory, but it was one of those ones where, like, you know, he was, they're like, Jimmy's our best writer. Let's send him down to, let's send him to DC and find out what's going on. And, you know, there's the press conference going on about, you know, the tour of Arlington Cemetery or whatever. And he looks over and realizes there's some guy, there's the guys working. Let's go see the guys working you're doing. So this is a labor story, boys. All right. Well, um, I think uh, I think that is more than more enough. Than enough. Um, in fact, I actually think the last portion of that I might just put up on the Patreon because um, uh, that was that was awesome. Um, I greatly appreciate you coming on the show to chat with us, PJ, giving us a chance to you know peek behind the veil, see how the sauce yeah. made. Um, we'll send and, you an invoice for that face for that Twitter like. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you, you know, all the details about bugging the, uh, you know, <laughs> I, won't, yeah. uh, I won't go any further than that because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, satire, but uh, who flew the plane? 
Yeah, there we go. That's <laughs> that's your next uh, call up there, Patrick. Find the guy who flew the plane with the fire betting sign. Yeah, right. Hey. Yeah, that that would be the columnist. That would be the that would be the way to do it for that's sure. That's right. Yeah. Who is Uncle Elite? <laughs> We've I've all seen been him. asking. To be clear, I've seen him. I know. Yes. I, I don't I don't know his name, but I've seen him. Yeah. He's legit. Well. He's, yeah. he's, he's a real he's guy. Lying. He's one person. He may. He's <laughs> one person. He has a corporeal form. Uh, I don't know if he's, he's an uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big thanks to Patrick Johnston for that. <laughs> I wow, always love doing amazing. that when we're on the when I'm on the call with you guys. Everyone he did the thing. To, yeah, it's like a thing. Everyone he said, Elliot looks like a fam. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can I just? take a second before we get to the voicemails sure. to just that's all i was very, gonna say very too. briefly uh perfect um just talk about uh, like a, a a topic that relates closely to probably what we talk about with uh pj in the interview um sure we mentioned this like elliot and i kind of alluded to this on the last episode but we were talking a little bit about how increasingly it seems like the like sports teams, but particularly the Canucks, like they're very at the forefront of this idea is that like increasingly sports teams are wanting to like market themselves and brand themselves the same way that like Marvel or Disney does Mm. where you just identify with the IP and it's just like, and obviously this has always been an element of sports fandom, but like the, I would compare it to almost like, you know, being a Marvel fan in like the early 2000s and being a Marvel fan now where it was like, or like a Star Wars fan uh, in the early 2000s and being a Star Wars fan. <laughs> it was, where, it was being where, sub, yeah. You were a subculture and now you're a culture. Yes. And, and yeah. part of being a subculture is being critical of the thing and being like, uh, and being self-critical and like, uh, you know, Star Wars fans. Like, Doing dialectics with yourself. Free, yes. Free, <laughs> uh, pre like um uh sequel trilogy it was just like if you were a star wars fan you were you just walked around shitting on hayden christensen all the time you know what i mean yeah but now <laughs> i feel like the, star wars the most were fans yes exactly yeah and, and that it's used really to be uh, yeah and that used to be like a beautiful part of of being part of a fan community and it feels like now that's that's like dying it's 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 more like about being spoon-fed your slop and being like I like this slop. Um, and yeah, so- on the other side of the Star Wars Star Trek dichotomy, you have like Galaxy Quest, mm-hmm. which is like really good and a great parody of all this Absolutely. stuff that's clearly coming from the subculture. Yes. No one is going to 20 years from now have like a fake Marvel movie. No, I don't think so. Like, unless like, it's where unless it's like that. Be, yeah, uh, we need the not another teen movie version of this shit. Yeah, exactly. So um, the only. Who plays uh, Justin? Well, I was going to say, Justin might... Actually, Justin will probably, I feel like, even be able to admit that this is lame and stupid. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe not, though. I don't I know. You, Justin. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I just wanted I, to try to find a way to get myself in trouble with one member of Content House per episode. <laughs> I honestly, I do I do love how much he comes to bat for his Marvel fandom. Like, it, I, I, give, I will give him... I respect him, it. I, I do respect, respect it. it. No, I respect it. Like, yeah. he has a fully formed take. It's wrong, but it is like very, <laughs> it is very fully formed and it is very like, uh, like well thought out. I will give yes, him that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. and, and you know what? That's, that is really the thing that's important to me. And like, that shouldn't say a lot, but it totally does. No, it really does. Like There's so many times yeah. you get in arguments with people about this kind of stuff. And they, 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 they stick, they, they, uh, grab onto like a few, like kind of useless rails or just like, yeah, just he's not, not an, I want my stories guy at all. He's no, not a let no, people no. enjoy things guy either. He's just like, I like, no, I think this is good. And this is why I no. think it's good. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Yeah. I love to find out a thing that Justin likes that I don't like because he will have an amazing explanation for why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's my good. favorite yeah. thing. So um, I'm just going to read like the first. Uh, four... I talked to the guy who made Sonic. <laughs> and he says he says this movie is about the Uyghurs and uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, all right um so that's so funny fuck uh i'm gonna uh so i'm just gonna read the first um four paragraphs of this because love you, Justin. too uh perfect espn to debut marvel inspired oh, nba telecast for warriors pelicans uh... athletic um def Steph Curry and Zion Williamson will share a court virtually with the Avengers next month as ESPN and Marvel plan to collaborate on a special alternate telecast of the Warriors Pelicans game on May 3rd. The broadcast Marvel's arena of heroes will be driven by a Marvel storyline in which the Avengers look to recruit Warriors and Pelicans players to fight alongside them against an invading alien army. Using 3D virtual characters, custom graphics, and blah, 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 blah. The telecast will include characters such as Iron Man, Black Panther, yada, yada, yada. Um, all, the, all, our, all our friends that we all know and love. Um, wait, wait, wait. So this is plot, literally just the plot of Space Jam. Uh, what I don't understand is like, how is it not just Space Jam? So it's an alternate telecast. Is there a game? There's, there's even less Lola Bunny. <laughs> so, so we know i will uh i will there's a bit more explanation in the next two paragraphs okay so we'll but let see. me let me let me let me just ask first though because the way that i understood this is that there's a game happening pals are facing the warriors and that game is happening and there's an alternate telecast where i guess if you have a package or something you can watch it or it's on another channel and so do they superimpose the 3D is it characters like, is it there? like uh, is it like holographic Tupac? Is there going to be like holographic well, I assume it's pre-recorded. Robert Downey Jr. on the court while they're is this going to be like watching a Harlem Globetrotters game where the um, outcome is already determined? Yeah, I don't understand. This I'm so all. confused. Uh, OK, well, let's we see if there's any in. further explanation here. Recognizing the superior physical abilities, agility and tenacity of Earth's greatest athletes, the Avengers will hold a series of contests where the winners earn the right to train and fight alongside them as Marvel's champions. The Avengers will begin their recruitment with the NBA elite and observe the battle between the Warriors and the Pelicans, focusing on three star players from each team. The players, the Avengers will scout Curry, Williamson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, which almost sounds like a superhero name. Um, players <laughs> will gain Marvel hero points for every point, rebound, assist, steal, and block, losing points for missed field goals, free throws, and turnovers. The player with the most Marvel hero points on the winning team will be crowned Marvel champion. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to spend any more. I, I do really want to watch like an 18-minute video of uh, <clears throat> Charles Barkley and Shaq fighting over I who, wish this who happened. Who is the Marvel hero champion? Fifteen years ago, so it would crash and burn, and then we get a weird John Boys video out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Unfortunately, now it'll just be successful. There's something about this that where where it's like, I kind of can on the one hand acknowledge that it's sort of like 
I admire the that somebody is trying to do something creative like this, but at the same time, it's like, why does every creative idea have to be monopolized by Disney? <laughs> like, why could well, there's only there's yeah there's only room for one for for like three creative ideas now to get into yeah, mainstream. Exactly, and it's all from the same people. And this is always my this is always my complaint about uh, this stuff too, which is that like if you like Marvel, like that's chill. Every there's no accounting for taste, and people can like whatever they like. And I don't believe that my taste is like superior to anyone else's. I just get bummed that there's that it's the only shit anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, All yeah. Right. You fuck, sent me the first the way, one, so Justin. I buy yeah. my own croutons. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> I definitely don't live with my mom. You know I don't. It's so funny. That, right weren't now. you with your parents at the time, though, when that was mm-hmm. happening? You know I live in Victoria right now, no, right? No, but w- when you were eating the oh. croutons. When you were eating the croutons. Uh. Oh, this reminds me. <laughs> should we bring back the apology segment briefly so that you can have send your message to JD? <laughs> <laughs> Just I, I deleted this. off with an apology to... Uh, which one of the hockey guys? Real, real, Bobby okay. Hall. Okay, real... <laughs> Real, real quick apology to uh, JD, okay, to yeah. uh, John Dylan, uh, J- Dylan Dylan Burke. <laughs> I'm pretty sure is what it's. That's right, Dylan Dylan Burke. Yeah. Dylan Dylan Burke. Yeah, I, I, I totally the story that I told about JD in the last episode that I was on. I, I totally got literally every fact of it wrong. Every detail wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I he texted was me the about one, this. I was the one who said the stupid thing. Yeah, not JD. <laughs> yeah. Like I and was you got the came and you got the oh. show wrong. I got the show wrong. My appearance on Big Shoddy Goods not so fun. Well, you're it's all, you're all Hollywood McDonald now. I don't know what <laughs> Hollywood McDonald. <laughs> my nickname at Big Wheel Burger was literally Hollywood. Yeah, because I because one day so I used to have this pair of um uh like red acid wash jeans that were like so faded out that they were (laughs) almost like pink. And I wore them. uh, I wore them like to. I wore them to work one day, like not (laughs) where like literally I wore them on the way to go to work, to go into my backpack and change into my work clothes. Yeah. But I didn't realize that I had forgotten my work pants. So I had to work the shift (laughs) in these red acid wash jeans. And and, uh, that's awesome. And I literally, literally like my friend Nick came into the kitchen and was literally did the fucking uh, Mark Crawford thing. (laughs) Just, Oh, look at you, Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, I'll play the fucking voicemail now. What up boys? Um, so I'm going through a bunch of my memorabilia, um, like keepsakes and shit. Hey, Glister. Uh, and I have, I have a ton of, ton of Canucks stuff. Cause I, I, even though I'm a Devils fan now, I was, I was a big Canucks fan as, as a kid. Um, I have a bunch of shit from like the nineties and early two thousand. And I'm, uh, one thing I like to do when I was younger is like keep the, you know, the back page of the province or the front page of the Vancouver sun sports section. Like when something big happened, right. So I got a ton of those. And uh, there's one in particular that I, I just had, I had to let you guys know about this. Oh, man. Especially you, Elliot. This is going to blow your fucking mind. So on December 22nd, 2002, the morning of, the Canucks had just won last night, beat the Oilers in OT, um, and moved into first in the NHL. Um, you know, which they like relinquish two days later, whatever. But <laughs> as I understand it, if I remember correctly, it was like the first time that that late in the season, 
the Canucks had ever been first in the NHL. I was about to ask so, if that uh, was the case. a rather big deal. So there's you wow. know, like seven articles or whatever on it. <laughs> um, but the really interesting one, and I swear to God, Elliot, you're going to lose your fucking shit, <laughs> is an article written by one Ben Kuzma. And this is the first line from the article. Oh, man. Matt Cook, Artem Chubarov, and Trevor Litowski are like those hardworking reindeer who pull Santa's sleigh. They get little credit for all those Christmas gifts arriving on time. <laughs> Not even shitting you, there are a bunch more references to reindeer and Christmas throughout the article. Uh. Um thought you would want to know that all right keep up the good work and i did want to know that that's amazing is that still your pinned tweet elliot yeah because i just haven't bothered changing it it's it's oh my god it's also so good what's the tweet again such a good encapsulation of the kind of stuff we talk about on the show absolutely no yeah so it's kind of like yeah oh yeah oh my god that's amazing that's great from 2017 listen at the end of the day rudolph is a me first flashy showboating reindeer and not the kind of sleigh puller you can build a team around in today's league need a donner a lunch pail deer who shows up puts a sled team first and puts in the work clear or fog we need good (laughs) we need good lunch pail deers like kyle donner (laughs) oh wonderful thank you I, I also I also try to collect great. those. I used to collect those. They're probably over in my parents' place. Yeah, on, straight up. Honestly, if you have a great like Canucks lore oh, story, yeah. please call Just the call voicemail number. Please call, call it, it in. in. I'd like I we're the people's show. I'm saying it. People are always <laughs> saying it. I'm always saying it. Roxy Fever is the people's show, and. Uh, so we want to hear from the people. So uh, yeah, you can't have you can't have a people show when you're all paid to be there. You uh, you can just it's the uh, only grassroots people show out there. Give us a call at whatever that number is. I'll just patch it in later. Um, PJ is here, so uh, let's let's end the show <laughs> <laughs> and cool. uh, let him in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Fail McDonald. <laughs> you can follow me. <laughs> you can follow me at BS Run at Wendy's. <laughs> You can follow me at Moose Kayak. Send your hate mail to uh, the Fire Benning banner. Sorry, I just saw that. I saw I heard McDonald. And- <laughs> no, no worries. All right. Um, okay. Sorry. I, I prematurely ended the episode. Apparently, there's something I am supposed to watch. So they're sending it to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, where is it? It's in Twitter. I'm sending it in Twitter now. Okay. Uh, so you're recording right now? I'm recording. Yes. Okay. So I nearly decided against sending this to you oh boy oh no uh because of the timing it was very unfortunate oh no do you see it i fucking knew it i knew <laughs> you guys were gonna do this <laughs> i was i was certain of it i knew right my, rachel told me she was like oh yeah they have something planned I immediately I, i'm so i'm i'm fucking pissed because I was gonna say it's not JT Miller, is it? <laughs> Folks. It almost wasn't. It almost but wasn't. It was. But it was. Right. Okay. All right. Well, uh yeah, enjoy. Jackson, it's JT Miller reaching out to you. I just wanted to say hello. Um, I know you're a real big Canucks fan, living in Victoria. I know a couple guys from Victoria myself, so uh uh, I can't tell he's talking about Jordan there, but... there, and I appreciate everything you've done for uh, supporting the team. And um, <laughs> thanks for being a fan of mine. I uh, didn't know many people when I came out here, and I appreciate all the support that you guys have given me so far to, to help me play well. And um, 
trying to have a, a good, strong finish to the season once we get going here. And we need the fans support more than ever right now. So I um, hope you and your pal, Elliot, uh, can hopefully get a signed JT jersey soon. So have a great day <laughs> and um, you know, be well. Uh, that's amazing. Well, that's me. Uh, number one JT Miller fan, as we all know. I told, I told him that you were the number one JT Miller fan in Victoria, that you were so excited and hyped up. <laughs> When you came to the team, I was really hoping he'd read that out, but that's so funny. Lot, no, that's, that's so good. I, and I uh, said, yeah, he's been, I told him that, you know, we were thinking about either getting him a signed jersey from you, but <laughs> you know, oh, that's amazing. Well, I will say, honestly, um, with, uh, with the, I, first of all, I appreciate you guys doing this. It's very, very, you gave me the greatest gift of all, which is content and ironic content, most importantly. But I also will say like, JT Miller is one of my favorite Canucks now after that uh, press conference. Yeah. That's I, I was, what, put, what put me in favor of doing this and not scrapping in favor of a different cameo sure. was that given that press conference, I know that you would like him for that. A Absolutely. Lot. Yeah. It's no, great timing. That's great. Yeah. Thanks yeah. guys. I really I, for, for like the day that I think I requested it, like the day before he had the presser. And so when the presser happened and the day, like the day just exploded, I was like, I can't fucking do this. <laughs> That's so funny. Cause, cause it was also like, we don't know if all these guys are dying. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I can't course. get you. Yeah. I can't, I can't have you laugh at JT Miller, uh, while that's happening. And, uh, I, I thank you. Um, and, Oh, and I also want to say too, thanks to, uh, all like everybody, all of our listeners who like, popped in to say happy birthday to me there was like oh. so many of them and i got oh. some, i got like all kinds of dms and stuff it's really nice um i really i love nothing i love more than hearing from listeners to the show even if it doesn't uh seem like it sometimes so yeah so please yeah. please call into the show yeah um, tell us those stories increasingly i am giving like less of a shit about the actual analysis part of this show because there's nothing to fucking analyze anymore yeah so uh yeah, yeah and that please. so yeah that phone number is 778-819-1451 so totally just tell us your tell <laughs> tell us your story your your silly tidbit stories about the canucks how you um ridiculous things you saw at a game ridiculous things uh that you still have as memorabilia like literally just call it in it's it'll be content um and also thanks to anybody who dms us with stuff especially oh, yeah. uh liz kukucha sent us an amazing yeah thing about how thomas grice what was it um well one that he should be added to the omega team but oh, they, yes yeah yeah the reason was it's, what elliot so like he has a bunch of weird imperial german imagery on mm-hmm. his masks and stuff. Oh yeah. And the thing is, is that German Imperial stuff gets around the ban on Nazi imagery that Germany has. Mm-hmm. So it gets used to uh, often as a way to fly under the radar there. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. So what was it? He had an SS t- uh, like symbol on his. Yeah. Mask? No, his Grice on his na- on his mask was felt with like the double S. Jesus Christ. Maybe he's just okay. In fairness, maybe he's just a big Kiss fan. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, it okay. was pretty much in the Kiss font, but then he has like the Imperial German Eagle or whatever it is on the back, and like it's not the German flag; it's like the Imperial German flag. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I never it played it. It is because of Kiss, and somebody's like, "You have to take it off." It's like, why? Because of the implication. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> always go out on a strong note 